Hello, and welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. You can read all of my written reviews at my website, qwipster.net. Uh, even if you listen to this podcast, it also bears uh, reading the written review as well. Sometimes I actually add some additional material in the written review. Um, also, there's some material that I may talk about on this podcast that I remove or have never put in to begin with on the uh, in the written review. So think of it more as a companion piece than as a carbon copy. Today's film is called Dope. It uh, it actually played at Sundance earlier this year and, and got quite a bit of critical buzz there. I believe at the current, uh, as of this current recording, um, it's sitting at about 90% positive on Rotten Tomatoes and is certified fresh there. So um, it is getting some critical acclaim. Um, it is a comedy primarily, although there are some dramatic and thriller elements to it. It's an R-rated film for language. Um, there's quite a bit of drug content in it. There's sexuality and nudity and some violence, and all of these are involving teens. It runs one hour and 43 minutes. The cast includes Shamik Moore, Kiersey Clemens, Tony Revolori, Zoe Kravitz, ASAP, Rocky, a.k.a. Rakeem Mayers, um, Blake Anderson, Quincy Brown, Chanel Iman, and others. And it's also narrated by Forrest Whitaker. Um, the director and also the screenwriter uh, is... Rick Famuyima. Dope is one of those movies that's pretty potent. It's so potent at times and so rough around the edges that I was surprised to learn that it wasn't made by a young and ambitious first-timer in the movie-making business. And I would say, au contraire to this, its writer-director Rick Famuyima has just celebrated his 42nd birthday just before, basically the day before the release of Dope, and he's been in the movie-making business for nearly 20 years. His first film was in 1996, and it's included some glossy romantic comedies, including one, one that I've seen, Brown Sugar, and uh, also Our Family Wedding and The Wood, which was dedicated to his hometown of Inglewood, including, and that also goes for this movie. Um, Shamik Moore is the main star. He stars as Malcolm. He's a uh, He's playing a geeky high school senior, who has aspirations to go to Harvard. He's living in a section of Inglewood known as the Bottoms, which is one of the toughest neighborhoods there, full of uh, many drug dealers and low-income housing. Um, when he's not trying to avoid crossing the paths of all of the troublemakers that he can find in his not only his school but also his neighborhood, he is spending a lot of time with his best friends, Diggy and Jib, and they together they play in a uh, kind of a pop punk band known as Oreo, and uh, he's also uh, a, a big aficionado of 1990s hip hop, and he uh, you, you can tell just by looking at him not only his record collection but he has uh, a high top fade uh, as far as his hairstyle, and he likes to wear you know he likes to wear uh, shoes that came out in there vintage shoes basically, and a lot of his clothing matches that you might. The, the the style that you might find if you were to watch an old episode of Yo MTV Raps, which they also collect on VHS tapes, no less. Um, now, one day, Malcolm uh, runs into one of those troublemakers that he tries to avoid, a drug dealer named Dom, and he ends up 
uh, Dom ends up cajoling him into playing matchmaker and going and asking a uh, a local beauty named Nakia, who's played by Zoe Kravitz, uh, out to come talk to him. And um, not knowing that Malcolm himself has a thing for Nakia, uh, Nakia's one condition for seeing Dom and, and going to speak with him is that Malcolm attend uh, this birthday party that Dom is having, which he's inviting Nakia to. So Malcolm and his friends uh, head out to Dom's birthday bash at this local club. Um, but during the festivities there, there is a botched drug deal that results in some gun violence. And um, Dom, it, in, instead of letting these thugs get his supply of... Um, MDMA or Molly or ecstasy or whatever you want to call it. He stashes that and also a gun in Malcolm's backpack. And those murderous gangsters that are there at the club also, uh, they want, they basically want that. So they're going to want it back. Um, Dom ends up going to prison, but is told by Malcolm during his, uh, his attempt to call him, uh, with his one phone call to not hand over those, uh, those drugs, even though the, uh, even though the the thugs actually end up finding out who he is because of some app on the iPhone that's contained in the backpack, um, they're tracking him. But he's told not to give that not to give it to them under any circumstances because he may end up finding himself in prison because these guys could either be uh, cops or snitches. Either way, it would be very bad for him to do. So that leaves uh, Malcolm as in a quandary as to what to do about this because he doesn't want to get caught with any of this stuff and he also doesn't want these bad guys to get him and he doesn't want to go to prison. And so all around, there's all this pressure on him to do something with it. And so he has to find a way to not only uh, get rid of all of this stuff, but also to appease all of the interested parties that are out to get him. Uh as you can imagine, for a film that is uh, that plays around with a lot of, um, I guess, nostalgia for 1990s hip hop and styles, um, there's a. It's really bolstered by this blistering soundtrack that is uh, surprisingly robust and varied. For you know, it's not just 1990s hip hop. There's a lot of uh, different styles that you can find in there. Um, this film, I should note, is a, a, the executive producer credit includes. Uh, Sean P. Diddy <laughs> Combs, uh, or Diddy, or whatever he's called nowadays, and Pharrell Williams, who also serves as the film's music supervisor. So, um, Tommy Yuma really weaves in and out of, of, uh, not only the musical styles, but also between the styles of the movie itself, because it goes, um, it balances between being a frivolous teen comedy, but also puts in some very violent, uh, elements. Uh, this kind of a drug-related thriller. And um, he also embraces conventions and at the same time uh, uses those to break other stereotypes. And um, it further kind of putting this dichotomy in there, uh, he delivers a lot of relevant social commentary in the middle of some of the sophomoric hijinks that ensue. You know, it can, on, it, during some scenes, just be plain goofy fun, even though it sometimes does comment on... Uh, on another uh, on another level of what's going on. As a result, I think that Famuyima does tend to have difficulty balancing the film's tone. It's kind of all over the place, and the movie does often play quite a bit uneven. And um, some scenes, some very acute and poignant scenes are followed up with sophomoric and hackneyed ones that I think 
would would have been better left to the cutting room floor. Um, this also affects the acting. The acting's all over the map, and I'm not going to say that the actors are not good actors, although there are quite a bit of, uh, th- there are a number of actors here who are primarily known as rappers or singers or dancers that are cast here, so they're not, acting is not their primary uh, function in terms of their entertainment career, but um, I, I'd say that some of the acting, I- I- if it's a bit spotty, it also has to do with the fact that the tone of the scene is not always clear, and so they may have been struggling. Are they supposed to be playing for comedy? Are they supposed to be playing for thrills or drama or, or what? It actually kind of, you know, the, the movie takes a lot of steps here and there. I think that the direction of Famuyima in terms of where he wanted to go may have been uh, unclear sometimes. And, you know, certainly when you have a film that has narration and also... Uh, uh, at least one big instance in which the fourth wall is broken that usually tells you that um, that uh, a, a lot of reshoots and a lot of second guessing was involved as the film was probably being put together. And certainly some of this stuff may have ended up on the cutting room floor as well. So that may account for some of it. Now, although it could have been a gimmick, this embracing of the 1990s, as well as punk music and some alternative lifestyles and beliefs, I think that that not only gives the the main trio of Dickie and Jib and Malcolm their own unique identity within their neighborhood, but uh, as they eschew being just another person that follows the same path of all of the people around them, I think it also gives the film its main theme, which is to not judge someone based solely on their race or the neighborhood that they come from. I think it should be noted that Malcolm doesn't just embrace hip-hop, uh, or hip-hop just of the 1990s, but it is East Coast hip-hop, completely different than the gangster rap that permeated much of the music and the style that you would find in a place like Inglewood or, or just South Central LA during the 1990s. This breaking up of the notion of a monolithic segment of society is uh, one, of the, one of the things that this film tackles, and it really just goes to show that there's just as much complexity of identity in the hood of Inglewood as there is in just about any other part of the country. Though I do, I do think it's just as interesting to note that even though Malcolm is defiant in trying not to succumb to this insidious pressure of gangs and drugs all around him, that he has a really hard time not getting caught up in this slippery slope and slippery slope comes up time and again through the course of this movie. Um, it's really the gist of the movie, which is that people that get caught up in circumstances, you, you might see them on the news. They're, they're involved in a drug bust or um, they may have used a gun at some point and been busted for that. Or, you know, maybe even been another statistic there. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to just say, well, that's just that neighborhood. And, you know, of course the, that, that, that neighborhood is full of, all of pro- these problems, but as this movie tries to show that, you know, Malcolm, a straight A student, a good kid, he's doing everything he can to not really get caught up in this stuff. And so, and, but yet he finds himself, uh, becoming more and more entrenched as he tries to get out of it. Now, although I don't, I, I, I did enjoy the headier elements that comment directly on identity and prejudice. What does keep me from wholeheartedly embracing dope is this uninteresting main plot that involves internet, uh, using the internet to do some drug dealing and specifically Bitcoin. And it, it actually 
it goes into a lot of explanation as to how it's going to work. And I found all of this, you know, my eyes started to glaze over at some of this stuff. And I felt like the, the more that it was trying to explain this plot, the more removed I was in what's going on. And not only that, but it's exceedingly far-fetched. So the more it's explained, the more the less I kind of believed in what was going on and the less interest that I ended up having. And so there are some diminish, diminishing returns for the movie's second half as all of these things begin to come to a head. And yet, despite all of that, even though it's kind of unfocused, uh, I think that Famuyima does manage to bounce back with a strong finale and... You know, I, I did allude to a scene in which there's a character that breaks the fourth wall. It's Malcolm here, and he, he, there's, a, there's a scene in which he kind of directly speaks to us in the audience in order to spell out one of the movie's main themes of not, you know, basically, you know, what what do, what do you see when you see somebody like Malcolm? You know, do you see him as this geeky kid who's uh, who's very smart and bright and has a a, a good future? based on what he does, or do you see him as how often the media sees him, or maybe your own prejudice sees him, if you were to not inspect him closely? And so, I, I think that that part, while I think that some people some people may view that as, as really kind of uh, a poignant moment, I do think it does come across, it. you know, the, the movie did kind of avert being preachy, uh, throughout most of it, but I think that this is one indulgence where I think it, it may have been overplayed, and I thought it was kind of unnecessary. However, you may feel differently during this this uh, this moment of the film, so I think that's a subject of discussion. It does end up being a pretty rollicking odyssey for uh, Malcolm, and I think that, like most works of great ambition, while Dope may not succeed to hit its high notes for the entire duration. The fact that it manages to hit them with good resonance when it does hit them, it does make Dope a pretty dope movie for those who are interested in the more penetrating satirical subtext beneath all of the gratuitous gun displays and some of the more broad comedic gags. So for all of that, I'm going to give Dope three stars. And three stars means that if you like this genre of movie, if you like urban comedies, or if you like films that deal with race and class and prejudice and identity, um, I think that there's a lot here that the film does say. It may not always say it, you know, with clarity or to say it actually 100% well, you know, and maybe the comedy is, is all over the place and some of the dramas all over the place and the acting's all over the place. But there's just, there's just too much here that is interesting and good. And I think that, I think that that does make it pretty worthwhile for those of you who are inclined to, uh, to, to give a movie like this a shot. I think that, that you won't be disappointed, at least in that. Um, however, I think that those people who, you know, you know, don't identify at all with 90, 1990s subculture, hip hop, or, um, films about the hood and all this other stuff, um, may, you know, maybe a little bit restless, especially as during that film's second half. So um, keep all of that in mind as to, you know, whether or not you want to pay the money to go see the movie. Um, however, I personally identified, you know, I, one thing you may not know uh, from my website or even listening to me now is I was actually, for a long time, I was on college radio and I did a hip-hop show 
uh, from 1988 through 2000. So I'm very familiar with all of the music that was played in this film and the, uh, the, the culture. I, as an avid watcher of Yo MTV raps, I found a lot to identify with in this film, even if, uh, you know, I may not necessarily identify it not having grown up in the bottoms of Inglewood. Um, but I, I definitely was very attracted to, uh, to the, the, the styles and the music of, of the 1990s hip hop scene. Anyway, so that, that's all I have to say about dope. And so I hope that you did enjoy the review. I hope that you click the subscribe button and, and want to keep hearing more of the reviews that I, that I will deliver. And I, like I mentioned, a semi-daily basis. And, um, so click the subscribe button. If you happen to be on iTunes and you like the show, please uh, consider giving me a five-star review. I'm not saying that I necessarily deserve a five-star review from everybody, but I, I do want to say that it does. When I do get a five-star review, it definitely does help other people find my show. There are so many shows. There's so many podcasts. I mean, we're, we're talking about six figures in terms of how many podcasts there are. It's hard really to find the audience that I'm trying to seek without some help. So if you do want me to continue doing this show, um, I definitely would encourage you to just throw me a bone while you're there. If you happen to be there, um, give me a review and that will definitely help me a lot. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking you to <laughs> send me any gifts or anything like that. But if you do that, I will be very, very happy. Um, if you happen to use Twitter, I'm at Quipster. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash quipster.net. You can write to me directly if you have anything that you want to tell me or any suggestions you want to make, quipster at gmail.com. Or you can, if you forget all of that, you can search for me on Google or Bing or whatever you use. But also you can find all of the, in the details for any of that at my website, quipster.net. The spelling of quipster in anything, anything, uh, any of those things that I mentioned is quipster with a W, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R. So thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, please enjoy your time at the movies.